This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Joe Burrow, uh, he walks into the Superdome with a game-worn Jamar Chase LSU jersey. You know, and for those who don't know, um, some people might not, Burrow and Chase won the national championship at LSU. They're back in Louisiana for this game. So it's kind of like a homecoming. In okay? the very stadium I think they played in, right? Yeah. Burrow so. then proceeds to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, runs in a touchdown, and gets Jamar Chase to seven catches for 132 yards and two touchdowns. That's some boss shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. The story, like, how do we not see this coming? Um, I, I just can't believe it. We had, what, Jamar Chase ranked as wide receiver 11. It's funny. We just talked about that last <laughs> week. He said, it's his first time being outside the top 10 for us. And then he walks in and go home to LSU, and they just go crazy. G-E-A-U-X. Who were who, who two guys that we had ahead of him? Who didn't come through? Oh, Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf. Yep, it's just crazy. I, crazy I, how this works. Yeah, we should have seen the storyline coming, you know. But good to see the Bengals' offense look back on track. It looked like the Bengals' offense of old. Um, Jamar Chase, you know, breaking tackles and running for long gains. Joe Burrow, you know, he actually got into the ground game and ran the touchdown and four total four total touchdowns. Um, are the Bengals back? Is the Bengals offense back? It was the Saints. Granted, it was the Saints. They're a decent matchup. Is the Bengals offense back? I think so. I mean, after this performance, like Joe Burrow came into this game as confident as any quarterback could. I mean, he was wearing the damn jersey coming into the game. Like he's like, hey man, this is who I'm throwing it to. I'm letting you know who I'm throwing it to. I'm letting I'm letting you know who's gonna have a big game today, and we're gonna get it done. And he got it done. Yeah. That, just telegraphed it. Cool Joe. <laughs> Cool Joe, Joe Cool. Joe Cool. Yeah. Joe Cool. That's what it is, right? Could not cool Joe. <laughs> yeah. Joe Shiesty. You know. <laughs> Joe Shiesty. Oh, also, you know, big game for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, but Joe Mixon also had a good game, too. I mean, it was solid for what? It was solid. It was solid. The way you the know, game we, was going. We were talking solid. about buying Joe Mixon last week. You know, after you got that touchdown or receiving touchdown, I think, I think you're happy that you bought him if you did. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins had some tightness in his knee, uh, didn't play the second half, could be related to a soft tissue injury, maybe a hamstring. Hopefully it's nothing related to the the, the ACL. It, it might be, though, right? Um, yeah. But Kenyon Drake ended up going off in this game. He was the only other running back to get a touch in this game outside of Dobbins. So if Dobbins can't go next week, I think Drake would be in consideration. Just keep in mind that this backfield keeps shuffling. Uh, Justice mm-hmm. Hill didn't play. Yesterday, uh, because of a hamstring injury that he had himself, he had two limited practices last week, so he might end up playing this upcoming week. If that's the case, like I'm kind of like hands off on this backfield. If Justice yeah. Hill's out, maybe I'll consider Drake as like a uh, upside flex play, maybe against a vulnerable Browns rushing defense. Gus Edwards, you know, he's going to be back some at some point in the next couple of weeks. He's a solid perspective add if he's still available on waivers. Um, 
you know, obviously you want to monitor, you want to temper expectations on him, like in, in his first couple of games back, um, because he's taken a little while to recover from that ACL injury himself. Uh, yeah. But Gus Edwards, man, like, you know, we, we did, and I'm not saying that, you know, we saw an injury coming or anything like that. It's just like, we, we saw like a ceiling and an opportunity to sell after his two touchdown game a few weeks ago. Uh, and I'm hoping that you guys did because like now, if this injury, if he's out for a couple of weeks, it's like, you know, he becomes a little bit of a roster clogger, um, you know, yeah. uh, on, uh, you know, in fan, on, on your fantasy bench. So um, I'm hoping JK Dobbins is fine, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get more on that. And hopefully it's not like a, a, any sort of injury that will keep him sidelined for a couple of weeks. Right. And I was avoiding, you know, the Ravens backfield really even before any of the injuries went down or anything like that. Um, I wasn't too sure J.K. Dobbins were going to be able to produce, even though it is a run-first offense. They have Lamar Jackson there, and they have a couple other guys um, that they give the ball to. You know, now moving forward, I'm even more inclined to just take my hands off. I might not even think – like, I might treat it as if the Baltimore backfield doesn't exist. The back, <laughs> Baltimore backfield is Lamar Jackson. That's it for right now. Um, you. you can – like, I want to say – you know, you might want to say, oh, Kenyon Drake, you know, he, he might be a good pickup. Um he did nothing in other games. Like this is the only game where he really looked good. Um, it's hard to say that, you know, he's going to be their guy moving forward. Like you said, it's always shuffling and it's always another guy, one guy in another guy out. Um, Mike Davis, you know, he's, he's there too. He just didn't get a touch. It, there's just so many question marks in this backfield that you can't really trust it. Unless you're in really, really bad shape at running back. There's no reason to be starting any of these guys. Um, I, I personally, for me, I'm not starting anybody. If JK Dobbins is out, if JK Dobbins plays, then, you know, I will start him, but I don't think that's going to be the case. You know, I think he's going to be out. So I'm not starting any Ravens running backs. <laughs> Zach is anti-Ravens running backs. We we, we, we can see that. I, um, I love the Ravens team. Just the running backs, right. no. No, not for <laughs> fantasy. Now, Wandell Rab- Robinson, we talked about him a ton, right, the, just this year in general. Yeah. But he ended up catching a touchdown this game uh, in his first game of his career. He only ran 11 routes. In his first game, and he was targeted on four of those routes uh, at a 36% rate. So that's what you want to see. Um, yeah. You know, hope you picked him up already, but he's definitely worth a pickup this week going forward. Yeah. And if you were listening to the podcast the whole offseason, you would have maybe had him stashed. Or if you just listened to <laughs> it last week. Yeah. You yeah, listened yeah, yeah. to it last week or the week before, whatever. Anyway, right. uh, Daniel Bellinger, uh, another tight end worth taking a look at on the Giants. If you don't know who he is, he's a tight end for the Giants. Rookie. Fourth round pick, I think. Um, he ran around on eighty-one percent of dropbacks. He caught five for thirty-eight in a touchdown. He's worth a look if you're struggling at the position because it is possible that he ends up being their main pass catching tight end, and this route participation is exactly what you want. So if that continues, yeah. something to keep an eye on because he seems like a potentially talented pass catching tight end. Right. The Steelers beating the Bucks is one game I did not see going the way it did. Okay, Tom no. Brady, you know, not absolutely destroying the Steelers banged up secondary is not something that I saw coming. Uh, Chris yeah. Godwin came through, you know, six for 95, but Mike Evans only four for 42. You know, I would assume there was some double teaming going on there, uh, but I have to take a look at the tape, you know, when it comes to that. Uh, but this was surprising. Somebody could, somebody could like clip up what I just said like over the past like 15 seconds and it could be totally out of context um but but this was surprising to me just overall like brady looked like he was kind of struggling the entire game um yeah. lost a fumble and like he just wasn't comfortable um so it was interesting to see um now leonard fournette on the other hand he's back in a workhorse role 
right? 82% Mm -hmm. of snaps, ran about on 71% of dropbacks. It seems like he has taken the job back completely. 27 opportunities, too, in week six. Um, Rashad White, you know, he is basically a handcuff at this point. He got a couple targets in this game. But at this point, this is Fournette show. Yeah. And I said about this last week, I think we talked about this. You know, I said Rashad White, he is just a handcuff at this point. And that the usage reserve for Leonard Fournette, that made me think that, you know, he's the clear RB1 there. And that's what we saw more of. Even in a game script where they were behind the whole game, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Steelers led wire to wire, which is really, really weird to think about. <laughs> you know, I thought this is going to be a completely different game. Obviously, if you have Leonard Fournette, you're okay with the outcome because he did end up producing for you. Leonard Fournette did get 21 carries. The thing about it was Pittsburgh, even if, even though they led um, the whole game, I think it was, the, they were never far ahead to the point where they could where they abandoned the run game. Leonard Fournette got 21 carries still. Only 63 yards to show for it, but he did come through with the, catch, with the passes going his way, six catches and a touchdown through the air. Uh, I like Leonard Fournette moving forward. Solid RB1, guaranteed. With RB1 overall upside, I think, each week. Yeah. Um, definitely 100%. And R- R- Rashad White, you know, like I said, just, he's just a handcuff at this point. I you got to hold really him, though. Start. Don't drop him. Yeah, no, do no, not no, no, drop. Do not drop Rashad White, okay? Yeah. Uh, I get it. It was discouraging, like whatever. But like <laughs> his upside was always if Fournette were to get hurt, right? Like yeah. he was an RB3, you know, at best playable. But uh, the, like uh, he wasn't like what his role was yesterday. He He's not, that's not a playable type of role. So mm-hmm. weeks Some- four and five, they were coming into week six. What we saw in week six, it wasn't. So don't don't drop them. You got to hold guys like this because these are the type of guys that you would spend 100% of your fab on if they become available. Yeah, with Rashad White too. You know, if you're looking for a silver lining, if you maybe started Rashad White, hoping for him to have that receiving upside. Um, long-term silver lining here. It was four, I think it was fourth and one. Instead of handing the ball to Fournette or passing the ball to Fournette, they threw the ball to Rashad White and he converted. That kind of shows me that they do trust him you know, in yeah. certain situations, then that's going to tell me that if Leonard Fournette would go down or Leonard Fournette isn't getting it done on the ground, that they can turn to him, that they feel like they can trust him and that he can get some touches. I think that was my silver lining. If just that one play I saw. Yeah. But that's good news. You know, they do trust him in key situations. 100%. Uh, Najee Harris, he ended up getting 17 opportunities to Jalen Warren's two opportunities. Um, Najee was on the field for 69% of snaps. Warren ate into his routes a bit. But nothing too significant. Um, you know, Najee did catch a wide open touchdown, uh, but it's notable yeah. that he's holding off Warren for now, uh, even though he doesn't look great still. Uh, I yeah. think he's back in like the low end RB2 conversation once Kenny Pickett is back. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, you know, he did suffer a concussion in this game. Mitch Trubisky ended up finishing the game and then ended up winning. But, you know, Kenny Pickett, you know, he might end up missing a week here. Um, I would hold off on really depending on my Steelers wide receivers uh, until he's back. Um, yeah. But we'll see what happens with Najee Harris. Like, it wasn't, like, overly encouraging, but no. the fact that he got some of his work back, it, it, you know, we should take that. You know, it's kind of like a Zeke type of role, yeah. right? It's kind of like, you know, he's not looking amazing, basically, but at least yeah. he's getting some work. Although, I don't want to discount Zeke because he did have 80 yards on the ground last night. And a touchdown. I take so that he back. didn't look that bad. He I didn't that look back. that bad. But you're right. with Najee Harris, you know, you talk about him, take away the touchdown. And we're looking at another Najee Harris performance. So it's like, I wasn't yeah. terribly encouraged, you know, yesterday, but by what we saw. 
Um, regardless of who's at quarterback, I don't think his script is going to change. His role is pretty much cut out for him in this offense, and it's not one that's going to have any type of RB1 upside. I kind of have him, his ceiling, I think, is mid-RB2, and that's if things are going absolutely right for him. I think low <laughs> RB2 is where he's going to kind of settle at this point. I think he's going to settle as a flex at some point. <laughs> Just right now, I feel like he's at a low end RB2. I feel like it's kind of high for, for how he's it, looking it right now. It could be. It could be, yeah. Yeah. Dell Henderson ended up with 71% of snaps, 15 opportunities without Cam Akers. Uh, this Rams backfield is just like an overall, like o- underwhelming backfield, right? Yeah. He did end up scoring. Oh, that's great. Um, but, and, and, oh, by the way, and we didn't really talk about the Akers situation on the podcast because it kind of happened over the weekend. Uh, it happened, it looks, I think it was like half an hour after we got off the podcast on Friday. On Friday, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, you know, it looks like the reports are that he has played his last down with the Rams, according to these reports, and they are trying to trade him. Like, if you ask me, I don't know what team is, would pay anything for Cam Akers. You yeah. never know. Like, I could be wrong, but I can't imagine him being worth giving up a pick for uh, even a late one, to be honest with you. Like, considering the, considering the, um, you know, the injury, right? Considering the fact that he's been ineffective this yeah. year. I don't know. I, I, I don't see it. I, I don't know what this whole thing was about. You know, maybe Sean Mavey wanted to bench him. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that that's my guess. It's so weird because over the offseason, they were hyping him up, you know, that he's going to be, you know, maybe one of the bigger guys um, in terms of, you know, workload moving into the season. And it just never came to be. You know, the first week was, you know, obviously a red flag. He got a few more touches in other games, but he just hasn't looked like – I don't think he's gotten more than five yards on a carry. Like right. he just has not been good. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits uh, waivers. If they just outright release him. I wouldn't be surprised either. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Allen yeah. Robinson, <laughs> he sh- he actually showed up in this game, man. Five catches for 63 yards and a touchdown after we dropped his ass. Um, <laughs> now, the Rams are going into the bye. Uh, then they have San Francisco, they have Tampa Bay, they have Arizona, and then they have New Orleans. So, you know, still just a 19% target share this week, you know, with the production. And three wide receivers not named Cooper Cup hit that mark this week. So, if you dropped... Allen Robinson, I think it's okay that <laughs> you dropped Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think this is going to turn to any consistency or anything like that. He ended up having a good game. It seemed like all of his tar- all of his targets except one was in man coverage. Uh, there was yeah. one where Stafford kind of was uh, on the run a little bit, and he found uh, Allen Robinson in the zone, in an empty spot in the zone, which is great. And we talked about his splits between man and zone, and you know he's solid against man coverage and we saw that amazing catch that he made on the sideline right yeah. where super great body control and catching the ball with both feet in bounds that's what Allen robinson does really well uh, but most of the time these teams are playing zone and it's not going to be you know we're, we're, we're going to see more of what we saw i think from weeks one through five i think you know it, it was, a, it was a, a real shift in the nfl towards zone this year so not something that i i anticipated and because of that al robinson is not going to be able to do his thing you know he's not going to reach what we thought he would reach going into this year. No, you're right. I, I hear you. I, 
this is a lightning strike performance for me for you know in my opinion for Allen robinson it's clear that he's not you know some guy that they're looking to scheme not only you know throw to matthew stafford isn't looking to throw to but they're also not looking to scheme him open it's going to be the cooper cup show still moving forward um it is worth noting you know tyler higby only had two targets which is weird by what we've seen you know, well, the, I can explain that one. I think what ended up happening was he, you know, he was coming into the game a little bit banged up with that ankle injury. Um, yeah. He was questionable going into the game, and he didn't run his full complement of routes. Um, That's true. Yeah, Higby only ran a route on sixty-two percent of dropbacks, where he's usually running a route on ninety percent plus. So yeah. you know, he wasn't there. He wasn't one hundred percent. So hopefully, he could bounce back uh, next week. Hopefully, but um, you know, Allen Robinson. Like I said, I don't think this is going to be something that he's going to be able to stick to. Um, he's going into the bye, at least on a high note. So maybe that offers you a low hope. Maybe that would be a reason to keep him, you know, on your bench. If you, I don't know how many people. It's kind of a, it's, it's kind of a blessing bench. and a curse, right? Yeah. It's like, so, it's like you were looking forward to dropping him before his bye. And then all, and then he had to have this performance. And you're like, oh, do I have to, do I have to hold this yeah. guy during the bye? <laughs> yeah. It says, it's as soon as the fantasy community just as a whole general gives up on him. He has his performance to be like, wait just one second. And he might have bought himself two more weeks on people's benches with that performance. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's, 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 you know, I'll, I'm okay. Honestly, even after this performance, I'm okay dropping him. Yeah. You know, if, if you had him on the bench or if, maybe you start him, I don't know. You were desperate. You put him in, whatever. Yeah. Like, if you think, if you're thinking about dropping him and you too because of somebody you need to pick up this week, I get it. Like, it's fine. I think yep. he'll be fine. Um, Bills and Chiefs, uh, that was a pretty good game. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like crazy offensive, like firepower, but it was like solid. Yeah, you know? it was a good um, game. That's what it was. It was a good game. Uh, Stefan Diggs killed it. You know, of course he would. Gabe mm-hmm. Davis, he came through as we had hoped he would in this matchup. Uh, might be a good time to take advantage of two good weeks and maybe sell if you can. I don't know. But I think, Zach, I think where you are on, on Gabe Davis is like, just leave him in your lineup. You know, yeah. Leave him, leave him in your lineup. Just you know, embrace the volatility, right? That's what it has like, to be, right? He has weak winning upside every single week, and you know this type of performance where he has 16 points, three catches, 74 yards, touchdown. Like that's a middle ground that we don't usually have with him. So I'm actually like ecstatic over that too. You know, because it seemed like he didn't have a middle ground the first few weeks. Now we see a little bit of middle ground. If he could get that, uh, raise his floor just a little bit, and still have that upside. Just because Stefan Diggs had a big game, you know, and Gabe Davis was relatively quiet. Gabe Davis still caught a touchdown. And I saw a post somewhere. I think it was CBS Sports, you know, summed up Gabe Davis like perfectly. They called him the CEO of chunk yardage because it's like 90% or some some percentage of his touches over 90%, somewhere in that range, go for either a first down or a touchdown. And it didn't change um, yesterday. He caught two first down passes and a touchdown pass. So – his ceiling is so high. I, I don't think you can leave him out of your lineup. And honestly, you know, if I have him, I wouldn't really consider trading him unless unless I'm getting King's ransom for him because that is weak winning upside every week. Just, you know, just keep him in your lineup. Trust it. It'll happen. Did you see what I just pinned to the screen? Yeah, I did. I got that sleeper update too. Robbie yeah. Anderson just got traded to the Cardinals. Uh, Crazy. Uh, definitely see this coming after what we saw on the sidelines yesterday. Hollywood Brown gets hurt. Robbie Anderson is, is arguing with these coaches on the sideline. He gets sent to the locker room by his head coach, Steve Wilkes. And now he's traded to the Arizona Cardinals. It's looking like Hollywood Brown's injury is probably some significant, I would assume. 
Yeah, that's what oh. it has to be. You know, if they feel the need to go out and get somebody, obviously, I mean, if they feel the need to go out and get somebody this quick, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily turn to Robbie Anderson as my, you know, oh, let's go get him. Like, he's talented, you know. Um, maybe they're just looking for someone to fill that role of a deep threat right now, but I'm not sure. I don't, I wouldn't pay too much attention to Robbie Anderson as things stand right now with DeAndre Hopkins coming back. Hey, listen. If Hollywood Brown's injury is somewhat significant, if he's going to be out for several weeks, I'm picking up Robbie Anderson. This is not a, a tough offense to learn. It's pretty easy. Clearly. I, I, I can learn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Robbie Anderson, you know, can be on the outside opposite DeAndre Hopkins and run the run that deep ball. He's one. He's still one of the best deep threats in the league, just that his quarterbacks couldn't find him. So I could see yeah. him complimenting DeAndre Hopkins pretty well on the outside. Um, A.J. Green doesn't really have it much anymore. I, I can see this working out. I can. It could. You know? Um, I'm a little pessimistic about it, but we'll see. Yeah, I think Robbie Anderson's a good player. Um, it's just that he doesn't have the quarterback to get him the ball. And, you know, I think in this t- in this situation with Kyler Murray, you know, we saw what Kyler Murray was able to do with, like, a guy like Christian Kirk, you know, yeah. going deep, right? He was able to make that work. And I think he can make it work for Robbie Anderson, too. I think Robbie Anderson's a better deep threat. So that's an interesting one there. I can see that. I can see Robbie Anderson – having a fantasy impact on the Cardinals, despite me not liking the Cardinals offense that much. There is some yeah. upside there. Okay. Awesome. Cool. That's cool that that happened during the show. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the Chiefs and Bills real quick. And and by the way, appreciate you, Z Ortiz. I was able to easily just pin that up there. Appreciate the heads up there. Um, Devin Singletary, he ended up playing on 86% of snaps. Uh, as we expected that to happen in a close game, he saw 20 opportunities, uh, came through as a solid RB2. Isaiah McKenzie did not have a full-time role in this game. Only 59% route participation. Uh, Khalil Shakir did run nine routes himself, and McKenzie had a couple of missed opportunities in that game. He had a touchdown waiting for him. He ended up tripping, and, and you know it looked like it was a bad ball, but it was McKenzie's fault. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a couple of drops as well, so not great. The door might be opening up a little bit for Shakir, or at least it just like staying open for Shakir yeah. to continue to get some opportunities because he ended up getting some in this game. So we'll see how that, how that, how that turns out. But Mike McKenzie, he doesn't have that full-time role. So his, you know, rest of season outlook doesn't seem as high to me anymore as it did when D- James Crowder first hurt, hurt that ankle. Yeah. Uh, I think that's fair. You know, Isaiah McKenzie, we kind of had him, he was doing well, like, don't get us wrong. He was doing well, but I'm not sure. Like you said about that role anymore, especially, you know, Gabe Davis is stepping up a little bit being a little bit more consistent, I think it's also hurting Isaiah McKenzie. Now, on the Chiefs side, uh, I hope you sold Clyde with Hilaire a couple weeks ago yeah. when you could. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about Enough that. Said. Juju, uh, Juju, you know, we he was on our buy low list for a couple weeks. We kind of gave up last week because it was just like, ugh. But yeah. he didn't look healthy last week, to be honest with you. Now, he finally came through. He caught all five of his targets for 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I can understand wanting to sell after this performance, uh, but I think he can be a wide receiver three, you know, with the type of upside that he showed in this game uh, mm. for you all year. You know what I mean? Like he did look a lot healthier in this game last week. And also like there was a little rapport showing now between him and Mahomes. If you notice in this game, like back shoulder throw on yeah. the, on the, on the sideline, finding the open spot in the zone with Patrick Mahomes kind of scrambling a little bit. I liked what I saw from Juju in this game outside of the big catch and run for the touchdown. Yeah, I, I like it too. You know, it's funny because um, 
I, I put this headline here together that there was a Juju Smith Schuster sighting. That's what it <laughs> felt like because he's yeah. been so quiet the rest of the season, you know. So it was good to see it. Um, one of the better pieces of fantasy news, I think, for you know this season. Juju Smith-Schuster, I wasn't sure if he would ever come through. It was starting to look like it wouldn't be the case. But it seems like, I mean, it was a marquee matchup, you know, a big game. Um, Mahomes is throwing to him. That's another thing, you know. He's throwing to him in a big game in big spots, and he actually got it done. So hopefully maybe this is like a catalyst and it'll up his production a little bit moving forward. They have a tough game against San Fran but at, next week, but Atlanta just torched him which I wasn't expecting at all. So yeah. maybe Juju Smith-Schuster has a little bit up, more upside than we think uh, heading into a matchup next week. I, I like him, yeah. like he says, wide receiver three with upside. This is not an Allen Robinson situation. Like Robinson no. just wasn't getting the targets. Coming into this game, uh, Juju had saw eight targets. Uh, in four out of five ex- games. Exactly eight targets. Exactly exactly eight targets in four or five games coming into the game. So like he's going to get his targets. And you know, coming from Patrick Mahomes, that's, you know, that's a plus. Yeah. All right, that's pretty much all I got. That thank you, Zach. Thanks to yep. thanks to everybody uh, who is listening to this podcast. Appreciate you guys. Uh, if you can rate and review the podcast, that would mean the world to us. Uh, make sure to use code Upperhand when you when you sign up with Underdog Fantasy, so you can play uh, with these. You know, you can you can put these pickums in your entries and try to win some money. That's what we yeah. all trying to do out here. All right. Uh, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time, live on YouTube uh, for the Wave of Wire show for week seven. See you later. Bye-bye.